Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to ACC Nation. I'm Jim Quist with our special guest, Carter Bond, host of the pod, Carter Cast, where they talk sports. What else, of course? Welcome, Carter. Thanks for having me, Jim. Happy to be on. Solid stuff you've got there on your podcast. Tell us where people can check it out and where to follow you on social media. Yeah, at Carter B.A. on social media, K-A-R-T-E-R-B-A. And then on all social media, TikTok, at CarterCast, CarterCast.com. You see it, follow, anything you can do to help out. We really appreciate it. Sounds good. Hopefully this will bring a, a couple of people in the door. <laughs> so I, I think it's a it's a good it's a good listen. So um I hope there uh people will respond to that. Uh so last week ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips told ESPN that he plans on meeting with the conference men's basketball coaches in the eighties, obviously, when the season ends to discuss ways to be a little more proactive, aggressive in changing the narrative surrounding the conference, at least when it comes to basketball, obviously. In large part, uh, this was prompted by the limited bids to the NCAA tournament and a belief, right or wrong, that both Clemson and North Carolina should have received bids. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi tweeted out over the weekend, and this is where we are going to uh, come into play, quoting, all due respect to the commissioner, but the ACC doesn't have a narrative problem. It has a basketball problem. And as I said, <clears throat> this is where you and I come into play. Um, a lot of folks feel like Lenardi kind of stepped in it and is having a little bit of a hard time getting it off of his shoes. Tell us, <laughs> what was your initial reaction to that and what prompted you to, to write the story that you did? So the main thing with it is, is that I, when you first look at it is as I'm an ACC fan and I love the ACC. I grew up, I'm from North Carolina. If you're from North Carolina, you have ACC in your blood. That's how it rolls. <laughs> yeah. You see this first and you're like, oh, another guy sliding the ACC. What, how many more final fours do we have to make to get the respect that we deserve? I mean, it, it's just that simple. It seems like. But I do see where Lenardi is coming from, where he's saying, well, he's saying, like, oh, the ACC is in a downturn. The ACC is in a downturn. There, things do need to improve. That's definitely true. But the fact they only get five in, I don't disagree with North Carolina not getting in. I, their resume was a little shaky to me. But when you look at a Clemson and you say, we beat this NC State team that's in the field, not even in the first four, in the field, you beat them by 20-plus every single game three times and you're not in it just doesn't make sense and everyone will say well you can't have those bad losses it's just it's so frustrating uh there's never going to be a perfect metric system and then you have people like Lenardi who I, I really do like Lenardi we had him on the show uh he's a great guy got nothing against him or anything but sometimes we look too much at metrics and don't look at the eye test all right well let's talk about downturns of things here Joe's numbers 
and Ken Palm's numbers have been going like this as well. So it's not as if it's just one thing here to, to look at and say, hey, well, the ACC is, is slipping. It's across the board. It's, it's not as if, uh, and also you can take a look at these other conferences that, that received a lot more bids than the ACC. Where are they? So Exactly. Exactly. We see SEC, Big Ten, get 16 combined bids in this tournament. Where are they? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, has anything about this this entire tournament surprised you uh, when it comes down to the teams that are in it now? Uh, the teams that are left in it now, talking about the Final Four, correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It does and it doesn't. It, it does because you're thinking, okay, in, when you close your eyes and you think about the Final Four, but when you're filling out your bracket – you don't think of Florida Atlantic. You don't think of San Diego State. You think Duke. You think Kansas. You think one of the Blue Bloods. You think the top schools. UConn, not, I'm not necessarily surprised therein. But I think there's this shift in college basketball where there is a real formula on how to have success in March. And that is having four shooters and one big man that does all the dirty work. We see that with FAU. We see that with Miami. We saw it last year with North Carolina with Armando Baycott getting on the boards, getting dirty. You can say Leaky Black last year wasn't a great shooter, but Puff Johnson came in and was a great shooter when he came in and played as well. So I think that's the formula, and we're seeing that. And it's kind of becoming more like the NBA, where their college basketball slowly starting to catch up with the NBA. Well, if we have five guys on the court that can shoot the ball, then we're, we have such an advantage. Do you think this is the way that the NCAA tournament's going to look here on out? I do for a little bit. It'll be interesting once people's COVID years are ended. So once we stop having sixth and seventh and 15 year seniors, you know, <laughs> once they're all gone, I think that'll bring it back more to the blue bloods a little bit, but I think it will be like this for now with transfers. Cause if you're a guy, let's say for example, for Duke fans, if you're Jalen Blake's right now on Duke, you're sitting on the bench, you're eighth, ninth man for Duke, but you can go be a starter at, you know, one of these conference USA schools. It's hard to pass that up. Indeed it is. Hey, um, the uh, tr the impact of the transfer portal, we'll, we'll get into the COVID aspect here in just a second, transfer portal and NIL. Um, big, big changes in basketball because of that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, let me understand this question better. Just saying, there, are there going to be like well, bigger changes going forward? Well, as it is now and moving forward, do you see that there's a progression going on here that it's it's really changing the landscape? I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that it's changed the landscape mm -hmm. so far. But what do, do you see something even more momentous coming? I don't know. The main thing, not necessarily with NIL, I'm so concerned about. I think we're seeing the change. I think it'll kind of be the same thing throughout the change that's like worries me as a fan is conference realignment. I think that's the change fans should worry about like how severe that is and what's all of college sports going to look like. I think that's, what's concerning NIL. You know, it is what it is right now. It's the wild West. It's free agency. I don't, it'll be interesting if they eventually, I think the biggest change coming with NIL is if they get a governing body or a commissioner of some sort coming in to regulate it all. But other than that, I don't see much much too different than what we've seen the past couple of years. You don't sound like you're too confident that uh, that any oversight's coming anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's yeah, no. <laughs> Especially considering the uh, the track uh, 
record of the NCAA, you know, for, for the most part. That that has been sort of flat and nothing has mm-hmm. really gotten done there. Um, from the standpoint of, of using bracketology rankings, the, the way that, that we, we've moved in that direction, and I think in, in, uh, with good reason, I think some of this has been uh, a very accurate reflection of teams. But what, is there one thing in particular, maybe all of those stats are missing that we can add in, or maybe we just can't add it in because it's subjective? I think the latter part of what you said, I think it's just subjective. It's an imperfect solution to every, I, we're never going to have the perfect solution because let's say we expand the field to 80 teams for some reason. And the 81st <laughs> team is going to complain about not getting in. We're always going to have this year in and year out. Um, you know, as an ACC fan, it is frustrating because, you know, you want to see teams like Clemson. And even though I am a Duke fan and uh, I, I'm not a fan of North Carolina, but I do want to see North Carolina in the tournament. I want to see the ACC do well. Um, but now I, I there there's no perfect solution. I, I think the eye test should be should be more important, but it's hard to say, yeah, we need to use the eye test when at the end of the day, you gotta win games. You gotta win games. And so earlier you said you're a diehard tobacco road guy, and um you know um the the opportunity or the it's it almost feels like this wet blanket's being thrown over conferences with realignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me what your impression is of where you think the ACC may be headed, or what you hope not to see. What I hope not to see is the ACC get blown up, and that's a possibility. I mean, anything can fly at this point. There's nothing off the table anymore. Um, I I don't want to see the ACC get blown up. Obviously. What I think happens is the only way the ACC survives is if they're able to renegotiate their contract, TV contract. Otherwise, this conference is toast. When that first domino falls, everybody's getting out of town. So we're going to see, you know, if Clemson or Florida State says we're going to the ACC or we're going to the SEC, let's get out of here. Duke, North Carolina, all these other teams are going to fall suit. ACC is dismantled and uh, we're going to that ACC will no longer be a thing. Hmm. It's a doom and gloom, man. <laughs> yeah, it is doom and gloom. But you know that's why you know Jim Phillips. He he's got a lot on his hands. He's got to he's got to figure out this TV thing because what they're making right now, stuck in a contract for twenty years, is just not going to cut it in college sports now. After seeing what the Big Ten, the SEC, what they're all making, even the Big Twelve is making good money. Right. And and one last question for you here: um, your confidence in Jim Phillips. On a scale one to ten, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I'll just be honest here. I'm not afraid to be. I mean, it's a two or a three. I don't have a lot of confidence. But in his defense, I will say in his defense, he's in a very tough spot right now. Yeah. I mean, he's a quarterback with a bad offensive line right now, so he's he's in a he's in a rough rough spot. But he hasn't shown me why I should believe in him. Is that is my issue there when? The fr- most frustrating part of it all is when they're sitting there, you know, debating where their headquarters should be. It's like, you don't even need a headquarters. The headquarters is the most irrelevant point of a conference to ever matter in the history of college sports because we saw what the Pac-12 did. Pac-12 moved to this swanky San Francisco office. It's hundreds of million dollars right on the water. Beautiful place. 
and it did nothing. They had to get rid of their offices. They had to sell their lease, whatever. Now they have a tiny office. Everybody works remote. You don't need a big office. The, the biggest conference in college sports, the SEC, is out of Birmingham, Alabama. They have had plenty of chances to move to Atlanta and be in a bigger spot. It, it doesn't make a difference. But meanwhile, the ACC is concerned whether they're going to go to Orlando, stay in Greensboro, or Charlotte. And the whole time they knew they were going to Charlotte by leveraging the offers of Greensboro and Orlando to get a better bid from Charlotte. It, that That's the part where I'm like, why should I believe that he's the right man to lead this conference? But I would love to be proven wrong. Good point, man. Good point. Hey, Carter, I appreciate you dropping in for a couple of minutes. I know you're busy and you're you're headed, <laughs> as you said uh, to me, off air. You're headed out to watch some basketball. So that's a yep. good that's a good thing. That's always a good thing. Hey, I, I know We're, we've only got a couple games left of basketball this year. I'm sad to see it go. Uh, ready for this offseason, getting the transfer portal and anything. I love your show. Thank you so much for having me on. If you ever need me on again. Hit my phone. You got my phone number. Text me, email me, whatever you need. I'm here for you. I know where you are, my man. So, and you will be back on. I appreciate thank it. You. Hey, thanks a lot to Carter Bond. Carter Cast, a great podcast. You want to check that out. Uh, again, Carter, go ahead and tell people where they can find you. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. We're, we have clips all over TikTok. You name it, we're on there. Carter Cast. Search it on anything. You'll find us. It's super easy. K A R T E R. K-A-S-T. I find it anywhere. It's good stuff. I, I promise you it's good stuff. Carter, thanks a lot for joining us. Anytime. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.